Hey guys, welcome to The Good, The Bad and The Ghosted, a brand new dating podcast that will take you through the good, the bad and everything in between. Each week I'll be chatting to different guests about everything from lockdown love, dating in the public eye, marriage, dating and mental health and so much more. Trust me, you are not going to want to miss this. On today's episode, my good friends Ems and Nick from episode one are back, but we are turning the tables and they are interviewing me. We talk all things dating, including my most memorable dates and whether or not you can fuck a personality. I also share the top tips for love that I always live by. Okay, so Sarah Totten, this is our chance to flip the script. I need to get my mic first. <laughs> you cannot get this off these days. <laughs> this is our chance to flip the script on um, asking everything about dating, the good, the bad, and the ghosted. And now I'm nervous. <laughs> you should be, because I'm, there I are am. some very probing questions. Extremely. <laughs> if looking at the mic to me, am I going first? You're going first. <laughs> so. You are a single lady in London. I am. Would you describe that as a a good, <laughs> bad or mediocre experience currently? You know, at the moment with how everything is with COVID, it's not the easiest. Um, I think obviously it's the same in terms of meeting and talking to people, whether it's via the app or however you want it to be. Um, but obviously dating is hard when you meet people you have to wear masks and it's a little bit uncomfortable but I think you have to make the best of a bad situation you know even though we're going through a fairly negative period in everyone's lives you have to take the positives and continue the way you would normally couldn't agree more could not agree more (laughs) so let's just take a few steps back (laughs) what would you say your dating history is to date well where do I start (laughs) so I have been single as long as I've lived in London so I moved to London around February March time of 2017 which is obviously where I uh, met Nick Um, and you know I was out of a long-term relationship um, which ended very well Um, it was how long were you together We were together about two years. So it wasn't, you know, super, super long or anything like that. But it was, you know, we were living together. So it was long enough where it was, you know, we thought it was serious and, you know, it was going somewhere. Definitely. Um, But I decided as soon as that ended, kind of the back end of 2016, um, to move to London because I was working here anyway. So cut my commute. Um, And I moved into this house and you know, I wanted to have some fun. I hadn't gone to university. It was the first time I'd moved away from either my family home or living with an ex-boyfriend. So it was my first period of living independently. And I wanted to enjoy that, have some fun, whatever that may be, and just enjoy myself. And do you think you've had a lot of fun? I've had a lot of fun. <laughs> I think that's so important though, because whilst there are people like even like myself that haven't necessarily been in London for a huge amount of time and been single, I think it's so important if you can to have that period of time where you are single. Totally. Because like I know it sounds so like cliche, whatever, but you find yourself and hundred percent. You, you like you know, you, you, it's so important to find happiness in yourself. I think, and by being on 
not on your own, it sounds so morbid, but like being single for four or five years, I think you certainly learn how to enjoy your own company and things yeah, like that. totally. Mm. I think, you know, I would be lying if I said the entire experience of, really? you know, almost four years has been totally mm-hmm. positive. I've obviously had my fun. I've enjoyed it. I've been in that mindset. But there have been other periods of time which... Nick will know having lived with him during this period of time will know that it's been slightly negative and yeah. you know it's been quite you know a little bit lonely and you know it it just varies depending on how you feel in yourself in that period of time I think it's so important for people to have that time where they explore themselves they explore yeah. their sexuality mm-hmm. and get to know who they are who they like what they like and I don't think anyone should be ashamed of that I no. think um especially from a sexuality standpoint it's important both male and female for people to know what they like who they like where they like it and you know oh. that's something <laughs> you can only experience by you know touching on on those points and meeting different people (laughs) and you know so yeah touching on those points specifically (laughs) so you say that you've experienced a huge amount in the last say three huge amount well no maybe (laughs) i okay so that that may be my my knowledge filling the uh filling the gaps there (laughs) you would say that you've experienced what you've alluded to there around um you understanding your sexuality, your do not. <laughs> I'm so sorry, that was Siri scary. just chiming and in there. Four people in this interview. <laughs> Siri has decided to join oh us. <laughs> Siri. Siri and I. Look, this is down, not Siri. your podcast. Okay? It's not for you. Yeah. So you, you've experienced uh, your fair share of ups and downs, like you say, mm-hmm. and um, in terms of what you like and don't like when it comes to sexuality. Mm-hmm. Would what would you say is your top dating experience story in this whole time frame? Oh gosh, um, as in like my best or worst? Yeah, like what what would be the one if you were to say sit Stand down out. with? Yeah, you know when you get that thing when you when you go into work and you say your icebreaker. You mean you wouldn't use this as an icebreaker? You wouldn't use this as an icebreaker. Not the Swiss you, bank, no. Not the Swiss bank, no. But you, you know, what would be that one story that you would recall to someone? You know what? There are a few, and I'm sure <laughs> Nick can allude to this. Okay. Um, but the one that actually sticks with me, which kind of goes back to the first episode that we filmed with our guest hosts, Nick and Em, um, about transparency. So it was actually just before lockdown hit and I met this guy. He was really, really nice. Um, one of the things I tend to avoid is talking too much to somebody yeah. um, when I know I'm going to meet them because I kind of feel like you get a better vibe, obviously, when you meet somebody face-to-face and you talk to them in that um, scenario. It's just a more fluid, natural, yeah. organic um conversation um but I chose you know not to speak to this guy basically at all um and we were like very much look let's meet at this place at this time you look forward to it and that's it so I'd done um a little bit of due diligence I knew his name I kind of knew what he did girls do this right girls do this they do their homework Oh, it's when you a say necessity. when you say you do your due diligence, what do you do? You LinkedIn, LinkedIn, Facebook, 
Instagram platform there yeah. is. I think it's basically Bebo. more <laughs> Who <has> Bebo? MySpace. <laughs> My For friend me, Jess actually has Bebo still. <laughs> She's in the room now, we can say that. She's our audience today. (laughs) Um, No, for me, it's more... Because obviously, when you meet somebody on a dating app, you only have a select number of pictures that you can see. And, you know, we all know you're only ever going to put your best pictures on your um, social media or, you know, what have you. And do you you take that into consideration before you meet someone? Oh, a million percent. My one thing that I live by when it comes to social media and or dating apps is you're only as good as your worst picture. Oh, I like that. Yeah, because there's filters, there's all sorts of things that you can do to pictures these days. And I think if there's one picture in amongst the, what, six that you're allowed to put on, Mm -hmm. if it's disgusting chances are disgusting well i mean that's probably a bit harsh but if it's unflattering yeah. chances are that's more likely than not what they actually look like in person so what but that's saying? a fairly pessimistic view as in the worst picture well, is no, probably there's, there's one picture in amongst yeah, the few okay which is like oh is that what he looks like is that what i should expect yeah. like it's hard to tell like it is hard like and i'm sure you know you from looking at girls on dating apps yeah. know that there's a really, really good picture, whether it's filtered or whatever. But there's also one where you're a bit like, oh, is is that what they look like? Is that what I should be expecting? Like, that they're not all going to be the same. So you always question, yeah, oh, I who actually am I you. going to meet? Well, that's just... <laughs> that's just um, not nice, is it? <laughs> so anyway, I'd done my due diligence about this guy and all looked very positive. So I met him in London Bridge and we went to a bar I hadn't been to before, but it was like super oh. low key. Jess is laughing in the background. I've actually, do you know what? I've just remembered because when this story started, because <laughs> Sarah and I've been friends for a number of years now. Uh, when this story started, I was thinking, what is this story? I can. Where is this going? Yeah, where is this going? I do not recall this guy. I do. And yeah. it's worth listening to. So carry on. Sorry. And look, you know, before I continue, I want to make sure everyone is aware that it's each to their own. You know, not everyone is for everyone. Mm -hmm. You know, certain people have their types. You know, that is just the way it goes. There's no point sugarcoating it. I hear you. So, (laughs) it's a good pun, Nick. Um, So, I meet this guy, I walk up to him, and so far, so good. He looks like his pictures, if not better, which I think is always Uh a positive. If they look better than what you're expecting, that's always a really good way to start things off. How often does that happen? It's for me. I'd say you know what I'd say. It's a fifty-fifty. What do you think? Em? I mean, I honestly, I actually haven't had a huge amount of dating experience. But from the limited amount of people that I have <laughs> dated, I would say that guys in general look better in person. And if they look, if they have a really fantastic dating profile or like really amazing Instagram, obviously from the due, due, due diligence, <laughs> <laughs> then it's almost a bit of a red flag because mm-hmm. you're like, why? Like if they basically- if Why is this guy so perfect? Exactly. <laughs> and then you're like, well, they can't be that good because photos can like, especially as girls, like your photos do tend to look mm-hmm. like your, it's almost like created, isn't it? I guess your feet. And that's actually a good point. Like from a guy's perspective, just to kind of turn the questions yeah. back on you guys, when Nick, you were single and you were on dating apps, mm-hmm. were you ever wary of, or were you aware when girls were using filters or when pictures were overly edited? Like, what did you think about that? Yeah, do you know, I was so shocked on so many occasions when I actually got to dates and 
I was kind of stumped when I saw the girl and I thought, why has she not got dog ears? You know, why, why does she not have... Or a flower halo. Why does she not have butterflies flying around her head? Uh, no, I'd like, to think, I'd like to think I was switched on enough to not be fooled by the filters. But saying that, there are so many great filters that can manipulate the shape of your nose, your jawline, the flawlessness of your skin. Um, we tried one this morning, <laughs> and it didn't affect me in the slightest. Oh, no. It was, I was your actually, perfect, Nick, obviously. I put it on, obviously. I put it on, my, and I said, if you met me, like, no, sorry, if you we did video calls, and I was like this, and you met me in real life, what would you think? And he was like, you don't really look that much different. I was like, look at my nose. It's flicking out. Look at my yeah. little elf nose. It's I like, my skin's very, flawless. very dangerous. It's so dangerous. And, and actually, my, like, again, like not to be hostess with the mostess over yeah. here. Um, but as someone with a fairly decent Instagram presence, what do you think about all the filters and Instagram filters and everything that you can get these days? I hate them. I know it's controversial, but I absolutely hate them. And I, I will use a filter. I like love the ones that are like more like being a bit more creative, like Kodak filters, where it looks like it's like done like a grainy film camera mm-hmm. or something. And you know it's a filter, <laughs> right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And like I think it's so good that Instagram are transparent and they put the filter at the top. Mm-hmm. People obviously can save them down, and then re-upload. But it's so obvious when they do do that. But I just think anything that changes your facial features mm-hmm. is an absolute no-no. Yeah. I think it's such a bad influence on girls. Well, it's it's catfishing, right? It is catfishing. Totally. And I'm like, I'm honestly never felt stronger about something because also I've recently got Instagram ads. Nick's literally almost shoving the microphone down my throat. <laughs> um, hear me it, now. <laughs> she said she was hungry. I agree. Here, here. Um, I've, I've been getting so many Instagram ads recently of, from Facetune of not only how Facetune as an app, most girls will know it. Um, that you can edit your static photos, but you can also now edit videos. And it's like, oh, oh my God. And they're advertising this. They're like, don't worry, you don't need to look like this. It's okay, you can nip your waist in and you can make your boobs bigger. And so like, absolutely, you should not be. And I'd love, I, I mean, I hate it, but I'd love to know they're targeting for this because mm-hmm. I bet you it's young, young, young girls. A hundred percent. And that is such a like it's moral di- dilemma. It's like, it's yeah. so ethically wrong. Um I could really preach about this. <laughs> and actually, like, on that subject, obviously, generally, filters and Facetune, like you said, yeah. are always targeted towards women. Yeah. Because women always want something that they don't have. The bigger yeah. boobs, the smaller waist, the bigger bum, the thinner thighs, the thigh gap. You know, mm. what, I mean, the list literally goes on. But, Nick, from a guy's perspective, you know, we don't ever really consider men wanting to change their appearance you always maybe men come across more confident and you know filters don't tend to affect men potentially so what's your take on this i wouldn't say that filters don't affect men i think you know i i would hold my hands up and say that i am one of those guys that sees other guys on instagram with the flawless bodies and the flawless jawlines and feels some element of jealousy or admiration towards that person you're right. I don't think filters are generally uh, geared towards men, um, which probably is a byproduct of the uh, kind of, I suppose, masculine uh, dominant society we live in right now. Um, but saying that, um, I can't say that I'm not affected by, you know, some of the filters. But I can, I can only say that 
I've probably been fooled by a few over the time over the years. Um, you know, from a from a girl standpoint. But also think about it, and this is not me catching you out here, but for example, <laughs> the filth that we both love, which is like makes you more like tanned and whatever. When we were first getting to know each other, you were sending videos that were saved down and I could tell there was a filter on them. <laughs> so <laughs> oy, oy. don't think you got away with that one. Um, but it, that shows that even then, like, you weren't necessarily happy with sending me something unfiltered. Yeah. Which is, I mean, it shows that men are affected by it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, no, that's a very, 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 very good point, actually. Yeah, yeah, I suppose that, that probably would be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, but you know what, though, with those filters that just change um you know like you said if they just give you a bit of a tan or they just change the surrounding or change like you know whether it's like you know a vintage kind of video vibe um i think those are fine they obviously make yeah. you look a bit better they you know smooth a few wrinkles they yeah. smooth a few spots whatever but i think like emily touched on the filters that change your appearance and they pinch your nose they make your lips look bigger they it's yeah. just it's a really really dangerous road to yeah. go down i think especially for just really young women that are coming into instagram and social exactly. media exactly it's promoting plastic surgery essentially mm-hmm. so the plastic surgeons are having an absolute field day 100%. but i mean i'm guilty of it like when i think back now i'm like it makes me sad to think that the a girl five years ago like i used to face in my photo it's not oh, in a way that i never totally pinched in my 100%. body necessarily but like I used to whiten my teeth. I mm-hmm. used to, if I had a spot, that would be gone. Yeah. Um, I'd whiten my eyes. The, yeah. The, the whites I of my exactly eyes. I was exactly the same. And like, don't get me wrong. It doesn't look like I'm not tempted now, but I'm like, no, 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 don't. Because I'm almost like stubborn to myself. I'm like, <laughs> no, no, don't do it. Because then you're one of them and then you're doing that. And it's one of them sounds so bad because obviously pe- they're not bad people. It's mm-hmm. like, but I get it. Like I was... I've been it's very easy to jump on that bandwagon so easy, for sure also like it's like what is instagram these days is it a way of expressing yourself like and is expressing yourself having these pictures that seem prettier to the eye mm-hmm. but then actually if it's you and it's like a, a human in there should it be changed like there's yeah. so many different questions but it's interesting though because i think there's a general divide when it comes to instagram and social media in terms of the people that are going onto Instagram to almost use it as a form of escapism and to see those people that look perfect, to see those people that are living what seems like the perfect life. And there are other people who want to see the realness, who want to see the spots, who want to see the wrinkles, who want to see the rolls and how life actually is. And it's, you know, at the end of the day, those people who are divided will follow the people they want to follow and the other people will follow the people they want to follow. And that's just how it goes and I don't think you're you're never going to please everyone and I think that's one thing I think going into the social media space that you need to realize when you're putting yourself out there it's you're there for yourself and nobody else exactly and I think that if you like obviously then you it's great if you become like this confident person and like you have all these like, it's great to be confident but there's lots of people out there that aren't necessarily that confident mm-hmm. and I think that in the dating industry people can find themselves dating for a long period of time mm-hmm. so what would be your biggest advice to someone that's been dating for a while they whether they have the confidence or they don't perhaps in this case they don't what would be your biggest advice of like what to do next because I can guess it can be quite demor- like demotivating and like demoralizing is that a word um, <laughs> if 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 that has been the case i mean i think i definitely take a leaf out of your guys book and yeah. move forward with just being transparent being mm-hmm. yourself um you know i've just turned 30 and don't get me wrong 
there are certain aspects of myself and my life that I'm not super confident about. But I think you have to be real with it. You have to say how you feel. And I think just being the real you is only going to attract the people that you want in your life. Mm -hmm. And I think it's sometimes very difficult to put the real you out there. But I think that's really the main thing is just to be authentic and organic. And, you know, if people don't like it, learn that that is their problem and it's not yours. And there is somebody out there who will love you for exactly who you are. Makeup, no makeup, fat, thin, sweats, dressed up. And, you know, they will love you regardless. Completely agree. But Zara, we are all on tenterhooks. Okay. <laughs> With the story. And we've addressed the fact of Instagram filters. Yeah. The fact that we should all be transparent. Yeah. Okay, so you get to this guy. Yeah, sorry. And he yeah, is we exactly went off a huge tangent huge there. Huge segue. Huge segue. But um, I'm going to bring it back. Yes. So you get to this guy and you see him and you think, okay, great. Looks mm-hmm. exactly, if not better, yeah. than his, uh, than his uh, was it Bumble Hinge? Uh, it was Hinge. It was Hinge. Yeah. Hinge profile. Yes. Okay. So I greet him, give him the old London double kiss, posh, posh. Lovely. Um, and he says something. And Is I... that, sorry, can I just interrupt? Is that sometimes a bit of a headache to people? Oh God, it makes me so nervous. It makes me feel sick. I'm yeah. like, is it one kiss or two? One kiss, two kiss, I hug, would not generally... handshake. Oh like, what do you do? But in London, that is a thing, isn't it? It's like, London's more two I think the kiss. double kiss is a standard. I would go in for a double kiss and it's always, and then there's, if I go in for a double kiss, even when I'm meeting someone that's like, my one of my best friends' boyfriends for the first time, I would go if they didn't go for the double kiss. I go oh oh oh. It's oh, but that's that. the awkward like bobbing yeah, back and, and forth. Yeah, and I'm like the kind of the headbutt someone. And then the you look like you're bobbing for an apple. I know. What, it's I, the worst. what I always say is that you got you just take control of the situation. You think, okay, bro, I'm going to own this. What force a, them to double kiss it, you? Yeah, which is a bit <laughs> rapey. It's a bit rapey <laughs> to actually grab someone's face and say, I'm going to kiss you there, oh, and gosh, I'm also going to kiss you there. <gasps> I know, but it, I think, but it is, but also it just kind of eradicates any awkwardness. Very true, but also I think if you go for the single kiss and they go for the double kiss, you can make a joke of it. Yeah, just be like, oh, yeah. you know, sorry, like go for the double kiss. And you just, it kind of hopefully breaks that, the ice and the yeah. tension and you can make a joke of it and be like, look, we're both awkward here. Like this is an awkward situation. Exactly. Let's <laughs> see what happens. Yeah. But honestly, Nick, if someone grabs my face... Jesus Christ. I mean, I'd literally need them in the balls. Exactly the same. Look, if you're grabbing my grab, face. I'm even not- us, if, you, if, if I came to see you after just like going shopping for a day or something, you grabbed my face. <laughs> oh, they got something to say. Look, I'm not saying grab. I'm just saying steer in Grabby a certain Nick, direction. Grabbing Nick, you gypsy. Steer. Steer. <laughs> no, I know okay, what you mean. So, I think it's right. good to guide. There's exactly. a guide. It's good to guide. A gentle exactly. guide. Take the lead. It's like, yeah. you know, how it's always the man in a waltz, for instance. You know, yes. you're always the person. Take the lead. Okay. Yeah. So you see this guy, you like what you see. Yeah. First impressions mm-hmm. are great. Where's it go from there? So we walk into this bar, which is very loud, which is fairly standard, I think, in London. Where about yeah. you? London Bridge. London Bridge. I can't for the life of me remember where we went. But we walked into this bar, he said something, and I couldn't quite gauge what he said. So having not spoken to him, or I don't really know really anything about him, other than the fact he's like an architect or something like that. Um, he says something, and I'm like, oh, I didn't quite pick that up. Perhaps he's foreign, and he's got an accent, and I just, you know, I don't, you know, he didn't mention it, and I wasn't expecting it. 
So we walk in, I think he's booked a table, but there's a table waiting for us. So we sit down and I quickly realise he's completely deaf. Right. Now, I don't want anyone listening to think that this is a negative point because it's not. Um, But I feel like with things like this, it's a point which should be brought up before you meet. Yeah. And Absolutely. This is, yeah. This is, you know, potentially might divide listeners. I don't know. But I personally would like to know the necessary can information. I, can I, sorry, can I just point out the interject. obvious... Yeah, yes. interject there. The, the obvious thing that you've just said. Listening. Might have been listening, <laughs> yeah. It's massive. Well, he could hear. He wasn't like... He had hearing no, aids. I got, no, I shouldn't laugh because it's not a funny thing at all but what you said was funny in the sense that it could offend listeners um, he loves a pun he lo- yeah. loves a pun he's the king of yeah. puns yeah so but you're right no it shouldn't but absolutely I think any disability it should probably be raised like yeah. you know if it was say if it was sight if it was hearing if it was walking whatever it may be I think it yeah. should be yeah, look, you should be made day, aware yeah if somebody is unaware of that point you're almost putting that person in an awkward situation, um, although it shouldn't be because obviously yeah. disabilities are always around us and mm-hmm. it's completely acceptable. And there's, you know, I certainly don't have an issue with it in any way, shape or form. You know, I felt like in that moment when I realised and it hit me that this person had hearing aids and he had um, a hearing problem, that I didn't know how to deal with that. I no. felt immediately quite uncomfortable um and this person had obviously been deaf from birth which is again you know an issue which people face he was a great guy he had a good job he was good looking there was nothing about him that would have stopped me from meeting him if he'd just been honest yeah i think honesty again going back to the what we've spoken about before honesty is the best policy and i immediately felt quite uncomfortable because you know, we were in a loud bar, he was lip reading and um, it was just, it was a, a fairly uncomfortable experience. Um, but if I'd known that, I would have come prepared. I would have felt ready for the situation. He was a lovely guy, but because I felt so caught off guard, I didn't feel comfortable staying there. So for that reason, I decided to leave. Um, and that was that. And how did, I mean, going back, I guess the reason he didn't tell you is probably because he felt uncomfortable in himself, which is so sad, isn't it? Yeah. But the fact that, so when it came to the point where you then felt like that, okay, it was a bit uncomfortable for me, mm-hmm. which is totally valid. Um, how did you go about that? Like, what was like the etiquette in that situation? Because obviously that's tricky, isn't it? Basically, I went about this in probably not the best route. But oh, when, I, <laughs> when I, I realised the situation, I went to the bathroom, having yeah. just ordered some wine, and called my good friends, Alex and Kieran, who I knew were together. And um, they're like my, I wouldn't say gurus because they're hideous at dating, <laughs> but um, the guys that I bounce off the most. Yeah. And I basically said, look, this is a situation. What do I do? Mm-hmm. So I've obviously dated fairly prolifically for the last four years. I can vouch okay. for that. I can actually. <laughs> Nick can. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm good at dating. 
I can sit with somebody with a drink for an hour and a half, two hours and chat to someone because generally when you've spoken to somebody... (laughs) Would you say you're the queen of dating? (laughs) Do you think that's a skill? Is dating a skill? I think dating is a skill, yeah. Yeah. I think Is it a skill to be proud of? I think so. Yeah? Yeah. I think it's... It doesn't even have to come down to dating, but I think just your confidence with speaking to people that you don't know. Absolutely, um, So it could be a man, a woman, whatever. And I think as long as you're able to hold a conversation with somebody, I think that's a, a great skill to have. I think so. I mean, that's the reason you've got this podcast. Like we, Nick and I have both said it. You've got both, yeah, you've got a great voice, and you're very good at holding <laughs> a conversation with people. And not everyone has that, though, do they? No, it's a skill. It is a skill. It is a skill. So you spoke Thanks, to Alex guys. and Kieran. Yes, I spoke to them. I was feeling, for the first time probably ever, really, really nervous because I was in a situation where, you know, the conversation wasn't going to flow um, as naturally or organically as it usually would. Obviously, these things take a bit of effort and they take Mm. a bit of knowledge and whatever. But this was, it was, it was hard. It was a different situation. It was a new situation. And I basically... Could you understand him? I was going to say, did you say something? What would happen? Like... Yeah, could you understand him? Like, he would say something, because obviously he was lip reading for you. Yeah. But from knowing and having deaf friends, I know that sometimes when it comes to speech, it's not the clearest. So... I... I couldn't understand him very well. Um, okay. But that was a combination of... Um, the loud bar we were in. Um, It was very, very noisy. Um, And obviously the fact that his speech wasn't as clear. Um, And I, yeah, I genuinely felt slightly uncomfortable in this situation. Um, I know it's brutal, um, but I'm sure other listeners would potentially relate if they also found themselves in this situation. Um, And... I basically asked my friend Kieran to call me because Alex actually was going on another date. So I couldn't rely on him at all. And actually, to be honest, I wasn't sure if I could rely on Kieran because they love literally laughing just at my life in general and using me as the brunt of all jokes. Um, Great source of jokes. I can vouch for that. Can I just ask, would you have gone on the date if uh, you'd have known prior that the guy was semi-deaf? You know what? I don't think I would have been against it. No. Um, I think, you know, everyone has something and I think everyone deserves a chance regardless of their background, um, their history, whatever it is. Um, And I just feel like as long as I knew that was the scenario in which I was going to find myself in, I would have been more than comfortable, but I just would have been prepared. Yeah, actually, and I I can vouch for that as Sarah's friend because... I know for a fact that, you know, you've you've actually matched or, or kind of swiped right <laughs> and whatever on, on guys that are in uh, wheelchairs, for instance, mm-hmm. in the past. Uh, so, yeah, I think just having that prior knowledge is probably going to be beneficial to yeah, I just each think party. Yeah, I yeah. just think it's important. Absolutely. Um, but the sad thing is, really, the only thing I can assume is within this scenario is he chose not to share the disability because he'd perhaps shared it in the past and it hadn't gone down very favourably, which I think is a real shame because this guy had so much going for him. Mm. He was a really nice guy, very, very good looking. But I think just the scenario that I found myself in, I just found really, really uncomfortable. So 
So yeah, so I basically asked my friend Kieran to call me at a certain time, um, which he did. Um, and I, I, I left, which, you know, looking back, do I regret slightly? Yes. Um, I think it was probably quite unfair of me to leave so quickly. Um, but when I was in that scenario, I did, I just, you know, as brutal as it sounds, I just felt really, really uncomfortable and unprepared. And I didn't feel like I could be myself with it. Okay, so you left based on the fact that you said that your, what was it, your housemate couldn't get into the house? Yes. Yeah, okay. What, okay, so is that your go-to? Or would you say that you've got a kind of like a best tip of getting out of a date? I think... Say there's a completely different scenario and you find yourself, the fact that you just don't like the guy or you don't find him attractive, what is your go-to? You know what? It's very, very rare that I've ever had to make an excuse to get out of a date. I have. Have you? Mm, once. But again, my dating dating life is limited, but yeah, I did have to make one. I'll get on to that later. Okay. Yeah, I just, I feel like, you know, you give it, you know, a two-hour max. You have a few drinks within that time, and it's a general, right, I should probably be heading off. You know, I've got work tomorrow or I've got to be up early for the gym, whatever. Those are the general mm. easiest excuses. Yeah. There's only been a very, very select few, one of which I've obviously just shared with you guys, where I've actually had to make up a, a lie. Um, <laughs> but I would say for the majority of my dating experience, I've just ridden it out and gone for the usual, right, it's time to go home to bed. But do you think moving forward that you would go with that or or do you think you'd actually think, actually, life's too short, I'm just going to fuck it, my housemate's locked out. He's always <laughs> locked out. He or she is always locked out. <laughs> the worst with yeah. the keys. No, because I, I, I do feel like people deserve a chance and I feel like, you know, you've spoken to this person enough in the lead up to meeting them face to face that you know you get on to a certain degree. You have... Um, things in common, you have passions in common, what have you. So you know you can hold a decent conversation. And I know I, I personally can hold a conversation. I could probably talk to a wall. Like it's That's true, I've seen her actually. <laughs> I know I can Lovely have a conversation um with with anyone and I think everyone deserves a chance at the end of the day. And it's very, very few circumstances where I've had to really come up with something to escape. That's good. I think you know I mean Speaking of personal experience, I've made numerous terrible excuses over the years. So, oh, care to share, Nick? No, absolutely not. <laughs> Don't you feel like it's a bit different between this girls and guys, idea. though? I feel like for guys, for some reason, get away with doing whatever and kind of like saying whatever. Whereas girls, I don't know, maybe it's just a personal thing for me. I feel like it's harder to make an excuse. Like, but you know what's mad? When I think about it, having just said everything I've just said. <laughs> What's wrong with being saying honest no, yeah, and being on a date with somebody and just saying, "Look, I've had a nice time, mm-hmm. but quite frankly, I don't feel the connection. I don't see it yeah. going anywhere, and I'd rather not see you again." Like, what's wrong with it's just such a being taboo honest? thing? And I don't know why. Would you be offended? Would I be offended? Absolutely, but yeah, but, you would, but would but I rather know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'd rather know, and equally, I'd rather be able to tell someone. I've been on. I think one of my first dates since coming out of a long-term relationship was awful. 
absolutely awful in every single way i felt like i mean some people girls would probably be like oh it was absolutely fine but for me i needed someone really assertive i felt like i was holding his hand the entire time i felt like 100%. i was basically dealing with a child i had to collect him and take him down into the <laughs> dates <laughs> he was not waiting at the bar for me there was no wi-fi there so i had to go up and collect him bring him down he, he couldn't was pronounce <laughs> he wasn't it was older than me and he couldn't pronounce anything on the menu and i was like you know what there's oh, no excuse no. for that um he pronounced ceviche he pronounced it ceviche so i'm sorry <laughs> i can't deal with that and um he then you know what's actually really tricky what? we no. ended up together no. <laughs> <laughs> we got to the bill and this is a big one because it's like what do you do when you get to the bill that's a big dating etiquette yeah and i don't expect the guy to pay the whole thing but let me tell you what happened i basically went to i was like so obviously offered can i pay half the old classic reach down for the purse. Classic, oh, like, let no, me, no, let me, me do this. <laughs> Tell you what he did. He went, don't worry. He went, I'll get the food. You get the, uh, you get the drinks. So he actually went to the waitress and asked her to split the receipt that by food and and drink. Do you know why I had to get the drink? Because he expensed it on work. No. Oh, and no. you can't expense alcohol. That's so terrible. my date was expensed and I just think don't tell me I'd rather not know no that's something you should probably keep and at to yourself. that point I think I'm quite a sassy confident person but still at that point he's like should we go for a drink then and I had gone SOS to my family friends anyone at that point <laughs> I'm locked out I'm yes, locked out. Yeah, help <laughs> help <laughs> and um he then went, do you want to go for another drink? And somehow the word yes came out of my mouth. Oh, so no. we went People and he... please are Emily. Oh, exactly, exactly. <laughs> went out to, we were in Soho at the time. And um, he said, so where should we go then? And I said, well, where do you plan on going? Like, we can go. He could have taken me to a random pub. I wouldn't have cared. Just be assertive. And he he went, oh, I don't know. Like, Isn't it like an Ibiza club strip? I went, it's the Soho on a it's Saturday Soho. night. It's, it's really Soho like on a Saturday night. Anyway, I ended up taking him to Kettner's. He knows who he is nice. now if you're listening. And he deserves to listen to this. I hope you're listening. And um, he, we went there and I got the strongest. What drink do you want? A Negroni, of course. The strongest drink. Something's going to knock me out of the situation. Wise. <laughs> Did I you went down. crush a roofie in there as well? Like, just to have things along. I'll put my own roofie in my drink. <laughs> he then, I went down to the loo for about 20 minutes. He went to No, I did. Oh, I did. Went he down. Did you not think you were going for a poo? Well, if, at that point, I didn't care. That's that the point. risk when you take exactly. too long. And then I came back upstairs and um, my brothers, who knew I was an SAS, SOS. Were you like climbing down the walls there? Top rank of the army. SOS mode at that point messaged me and I could, it would take me too long now. I should have had this message prepared. My brother messaged me saying, um, Ems, I went, honestly, I picked up my phone. I went, one second, let me read this. And he goes, Ems, Auntie Liz has fallen down the stairs. You're the closest person. You're in London right now. Can you go to the hospital, please? And go to check she's okay? No, no fake and an I injury. Replied, That's too far. But I replied to <laughs> Harry, thinking, what the hell? Thinking it was true myself, replying, saying, one second, Harry, I'm on a date at the moment. No, you didn't. <laughs> yes, I did. Oh, I'm busy right now. Oh, I'm going to have to wait. Oh. Perfect, get out. Perfect, get out. And I went, one second, please. And the only realisation that was would have been perfect, I could have said, excuse me, but... There's been oh. a family tragedy. And I went round to Aunt Izzy's house and died. <laughs> Izzy's? Liz. Liz. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, lo and behold, I, I had to basically say, 
I end up being really rude because that's the thing. Like at that point, when you stay longer than you want to, you end up being actually like a well, rude person. Well, you're frustrated, person. right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and I ended up just saying, I've got a friend's birthday to get to. He didn't even want me to the tube. Oh, I think yeah. You know what? It's easier said than done, but I think honesty is definitely the best policy. I think yeah. if you don't enjoy it, just say. You know, we're both adults. And you can move on. Okay, yeah, it might hurt for the time being, but you get on. Like, you know, we're, you know, I'm a big girl. I'll get over it. He's a big boy. He'll get over it. And we go forth and conquer. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And, I, you know, it, like I said, in when we did our podcast, when, the, you know, the we flipped the scripts, I probably haven't been the most honest in the past with girls uh, Ooh, when it comes to the way me. Admissions <laughs> from Nick. When it comes to the way that I feel about them or... You know, thinking that I may be hurting people's feelings and I can completely appreciate the fact that you do just need to be more transparent. Totally. Like, that's the one thing I've actually said to some of my guy friends who are so afraid to just say it how it is, is that guys seem to think that we're going to crumble at, you know, the receipt of their message when they say they're not interested. You know, we're big girls. Yeah. You get over it. You really aren't the be-all and end-all. You're not as good as you think you are. No. And we'll get over it. Why is Sarah looking at me directly <laughs> when she's saying this? <laughs> really giving very you a stink eye here, Nick. <laughs> very disconcerting. Well, I mean, you take some advice. Um, <laughs> I'm joking. Um, so, flipping this on its head, another question for you. Do you think the longer that you're single, the pickier you become? This is a really good question, actually. Um, I think for me personally, I mean, I've been single now for four-ish years. And I wouldn't necessarily say the longer I've been single, the pickier I've become. Yeah. But the longer I've been single, the more comfortable I've become in myself Mm -hmm. and therefore happier by myself so you could potentially flip that round and say I'm picky because I'm happy by myself so therefore I'm looking for things in a person to you know I'm looking in a guy for something you know who's going to enhance my life and make things better and not more difficult but picky in terms of you know I want someone at this height with this facial hair and this you know do you know what I mean this style or whatever I don't think it's necessarily that but I think the more comfortable I become in myself, the more important certain things are that I'm looking for in yeah. a partner. Yeah. And I often sense. think that as well, like when you become more like that, which is so great that you are like that, it, I think that actually you take things like less surface level. Like actually what you see on the surface mm-hmm. isn't, like you, you shouldn't go off that because you might see someone no. that's like, I guess, like, aesthetically pleasing, but actually is the most deadest personality. Oh, totally. Like, actually, potentially more intriguing if you're not this stunning, like... But you know what, though? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, Nick would advocate, and Jess, who's kind of on the sidelines here, will advocate for the fact that I don't really have a type. Mm. I'm very much a beardy, like, Shoreditch, kind of messy, on-the-surface kind of guy. Meets. But then I'm pinky ring, posh, Chelsea boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who, you know, so there's really no in-between for me. Um, but it's just somebody who I connect with. But what I'd say is, do you not think that independence can sometimes, on the flip side, become a hindrance? Oh, massively. Like, I'm, I'm totally comfortable by myself. Like, I'm 
happy in my own company, which I think is a really important um, sort of level, like ground level that mm-hmm. you need to reach to be able to meet someone. Like everyone always says like, you know, the typical, you have to love yourself before you love somebody else. But I do really, really agree with that. Um, and, you know, I'm good in my own company and anybody else that I meet and invite into my life is only going to enhance that. Um, but I think it's important Like you don't want to settle. I think settling is something, you know, compromise and settle is very, very different. You know, compromising with somebody, there are no two people that are absolutely perfect for one another. You're always going to have differences. There's always going to be arguments. And I think that's really, really healthy. But then when it comes to settling, you're settling for somebody who you know in your heart of hearts and in your gut, because, you know, and again, Nick will know this, like instinct is one of the main things I live my life on. If in your your gut you know that the person that you're dating or talking to or whatever isn't yeah. right, you you know, there's no point pursuing it. Absolutely. It's interesting you mentioned about arguing as well, because my brother literally the other evening said to me, he came round and he said, have you and Nick argued before? And I said, yeah, yeah, we have. He went, oh, good, that's a relief. And I was like, what do you mean that's a relief? <laughs> and he was like, well, because I would have thought it was weird if you guys had been basically living with each other for X amount of months and not argued. So yeah. it does show, like, you, and you shouldn't settle. Like, if you have an opinion, you should say it. And obviously, shouldn't be overly conflicting, but yeah. it's so important to, like, two people, like you say, are not exactly the same. Yeah, that would be exactly. weird. But that's good yeah so a Sarah now that gets into a relationship is probably going to be very different to the one that got into a relationship say four years ago a five, million five, percent six years ago. yeah now um I'm a lot stronger than I was um again kind of touching on the fact that I'm a, like very comfortable in my own company I'm confident in myself obviously there are certain days where you know I feel a bit fat and I'm having an ugly day and my mascara's not going on well and my eyebrows look different. I like, can relate. <laughs> there are obviously, as a girl, different things that you go through. Yeah. Um, but and as a, a guy, to be fair. As a guy. And a absolutely, guy. Yeah, yeah totally. Guy, you know, yeah. Um, but as a whole, I'm just a much more confident individual. So I know what I want. I'm happy to say what I want. So getting into a relationship, I'm not a bitch, don't get me wrong. Like I'm yeah. not like, right, these are the stipulations you have to meet to be with me. But it's, you know, there's no fucking around. Like it is, you know, this is yeah. how it has to be. And if you're not willing to meet that, then it's not going to work. But can I just say, to that point, I know what I want, okay? Mm-hmm. So maybe four or five years ago, you didn't know necessarily what you wanted. Yeah. Now you're far more informed of what you want. So surely when I asked you the question of have you become more picky, then yeah, you have. Because you had a far broader spectrum of people and guys that you would have gone for yeah. at that point in time. When in actual fact, you wouldn't have gone for them right now. You wouldn't go for them right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you are pickier, right? Yeah. I mean, I think, again, it comes down to how I feel. Um, I think answering that question when you said are you picky generally comes down to looks um, and aesthetics but really now I'm just like I go with how I feel if the person's maybe not what I thought I was going to end up with on paper but actually you know for a fact in my gut I like this person and it potentially has a future then I'm willing to explore that rather than I think maybe when I was younger I thought, right, this is who I'm going to be with. He's going to have this, this yeah. and this. <clears throat> and 
that might not be the case. So I think from a picky standpoint, I'm just not willing to, it might not be aesthetically, but I'm just not willing to pursue someone where I know I don't have that gut feeling. Yeah. So, next leading in, like, you want to say something? I know, what's happening? Oh, my God. (laughs) I want to say something. This is the hardest in question. No, I want to say it. Okay, so on that point. Are you going to take it from me? Oh, God. Yeah. No, No, I want to say it. Can you... you, It's not the same question, I can assure you. (laughs) Can you fuck a personality? Oh, God. Um, That's not my question. (laughs) Can you fuck a personality? Um, (laughs) Mum, dad, I'm sorry if you're listening to this. Um, Gosh, that's a tough one. I'm so retarded, I'm going to chime in right (laughs) now. Jessica Calvert, guest intro. Yes, she can. You can. I can. Okay, can I can I can I just can I just chime in? Can I just chime in, okay? So in a world where we live in complete aesthetics, okay, everything is aesthetically driven, okay? You don't look across the road and go, oh, Look at that guy. I bet he's got fantastic family morals. Oh, I bet he's got a great sense of humour and a great grounding in education. You don't think that. Get it in my bed. Yeah. You don't think that. Um, So can you fuck a personality? No. No, I don't think you can. Because, look, in my experience, um, and again, mum and dad, if you're listening, I would encourage you to skip forward one or two minutes. Um, But for me personally... um, you know, it's it is about looks. Um, you know, people that say, "Oh, it's about the personality and oh, or whatever." Well, it's, about, it's about looks. It's about it is about looks. What? You know, in, in general, its entirety. Or? It, no, well, not in its entirety, but on from a dating um, app perspective, and yeah. even if you meet someone in a bar, you know, everyone always says that dating apps are so all about the looks and mm. you know what they. It's but it's that's life. You know, life is about if what you, you look like. Percentage on looks and personality. What would it be? I mean, on the short term, looks... No, 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 like, I'm talking kind of start to finish relationship. What would it be? Long-term relationship, what would it be? I don't think you can answer that accurately um, as a whole, personally, <laughs> because I think... But you're saying you wouldn't shag an uggo. Well, no, but you, like, on front-facing, if, for instance, if I was to meet somebody in number 32 in Clapham, wink wink um you're going to go up to that person or start talking to that person because of what they look like you don't know what they're like as a person or personality wise so and you're not going to get to know that for some time getting to know somebody's personality takes time absolutely so would i be lying in saying that i haven't had sex with people because of what they look like of course i have everybody has but in the grand scheme of things for that to turn into a relationship 100% 100% personality comes before looks. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. You know, they might be the Don't best Don't know why Emily's nodding pers- so... <laughs> 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 right yes. They might be the best looking person on the planet. They might have the best head of hair, the best teeth, the best body, the best this, the best that. But if they're dull as fuck... <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's never going to go anywhere. If they don't make you laugh, if they don't <clears throat> please you in other ways, it's never going to go anywhere. On that point, what about if someone has a tiny penis? For God's sake, you have to lower the tone. <laughs> um, so that's a question that a lot of people ask. A micro penis? Is it in like a, like a, maybe not a micro penis, but a very small penis? I mean, for me, foreplay is a big thing. So I feel like penis <laughs> aside... Yeah. There are things to work with. And look, 
again this comes back to nobody's perfect what happens if nick you as a person or any guy has a certain ideal woman of mass you know from what you've grown up looking at massive boobs Mm -hmm. tiny waist massive bum like this really petite little thing but that's not realistic you know so do you then look at a person or a girl who's got smaller boobs or massive hips or tight do you know what i mean like it's just you it's you fall in love with something completely (laughs) different to that no, I completely agree. But what I would say is that, you know, just as a, a kind of byproduct of today's society of guys, you know, of, of people saying that guys should be attracted to big boobs, big bum, tiny waists, you know, for girls, I think that's I very, very, much very say, destructive. Yeah, absolutely. But and that's girl- where the whole, what we were talking about earlier, face tuning yeah. and everything like, what is a girl doing that for? Mm-hmm. It's doing it because the idealisms from a man point of yeah. view is that they want these but, things. But what I'm saying is you, you flip the question back to me, you know, about around, you know, how does that affect guys from a, so what I'd say is, you know, for a guy that maybe isn't blessed genetically with a huge penis, for instance, which in this day and age, you're referring to yourself. <laughs> I'm absolutely fine. But I would say for a guy that isn't, you know, fine with what he's blessed with, then is that an issue for a girl? Personally, for me, no. I think there's foreplay, there's toys, there's even from a personality standpoint, yeah. like there are certain things that make up for that. Because at the end of the day... I've actually been told before I've lost someone into bed. Yeah, but that is 100% true. <laughs> Don't know and it's a good thing or not. Humour <laughs> is a massive, <laughs> massive thing for me. Like you could be, you know, mediocre looking, but if yeah. you make me belly laugh, that is so important to me. Because eventually, you know, let's face it, looks will fade. You know, your dick yeah. will become shriveled, your butt mm-hmm. cheeks will become little raisins. And, you know, you're not good. You, know, you potentially won't be attracted to that. But if you have this same personality and this love for somebody where you can, you know, you're 80 years old, but you can still hold hands walking down the road and they make you laugh and you just have this admiration for somebody yeah. that lasts so much longer than the aesthetics like part of things and I think that's so so important I think so and that explains it because like think about in the past I know I certainly have I've been like talking to my friends after a night out I'm like I don't get why I fancy him like I just don't yeah, get it you can't put and your finger like, on it that's yeah, what I exactly. always say it's not because they're it. good looking that's for sure yeah. and it's like it's because they've got a great personality or something yeah I think personality is so important because again like I said looks will fade but a personality yeah. will stay with you forever so I've got a great final question for you. Oh, God. Say if... So time travel is now being invented, okay? Has it? And, yeah, it has. Have I missed and something? <laughs> the Daily Mail. You are able to transport back to yourself five, maybe even ten years ago. Mm-hmm. What, and you, yourself, is, your younger self is standing right in front of you. What are the three key pieces of advice that you would give that younger Sarah? That's a really good question. Um... I think one is embrace the fact that you are thin. Yes. I look back at pictures of myself and like, I wish I looked like that now. Yeah. Because I was teeny tiny. Um, But I think just to, just be yourself. Yeah. Like just be you, embrace yourself in every aspect, your looks, your personality, everything. Because 
even outside of dating, that is what is going to get you through life. Mm-hmm. Who you are as a person, your morals, your integrity, everything is what will get you through life. You can pretend yeah. to be somebody else, mm-hmm. but that is such an effort. And it won't last you very long, and really. It not, people will figure it out. And, you know, whether it's personally, work, you know, I just think it's yeah. so important to be yourself and to just realise that everyone is an individual and that that's what the world is made up on is the fact that everybody is different. And if mm-hmm. everyone was the same, it would be a fucking boring life. Yeah, it, really it would, would be. be. It would be very, very boring. Yeah. So would you say that you've not been yourself in the past? Um, I've probably had moments where I've been on dates, for instance, and I've known that it wasn't going to go anywhere. So I thought, well, you know what? Perhaps I could, you know, play a character and whatever. Um, what was her name? <laughs> oh, she doesn't have one. But I think generally I like to think that as much as sometimes it hurts when people don't like it, but I am a- unapologetically... <laughs> it's a tough one to say after That's a few glasses of wine. Very big word after yeah, five glasses of wine. Yeah, unapologetically myself. And sometimes I'll say it and the person doesn't agree. And don't get me wrong, I'm not standing there being like, oh, I don't care if that person doesn't care. Obviously I care. It hurts my feelings if I'm putting myself out there in a really true and organic, natural way and someone doesn't be like, oh, I love you for that. Great, let's get married. Obviously it's going to hurt, but that doesn't mean that you can't continue to be yourself and continue because... There is someone or multiple people out there who will like you for who you are and that you should continue pursuing that. Absolutely. So that's one point. And we oh asked you for three. That was, well, no, I, think, no, I think that was two. I think that was be that? be yourself. Yeah. Don't compare yourself to others. Yeah, and then okay, we're looking for okay, a final okay. third. So What's my third? Oh, gosh. You know what? My third one is... And this is, I think, still, unfortunately, a fairly touchy subject. Yeah. But as a woman, to own your sexuality. Yeah. I think we're still living in a life um, and a time where men own sexuality. Mm -hmm. And a man having sex freely when he wants, with who he wants, Mm -hmm. is fine. Nobody questions it. Nobody thinks anything of it, whatever. But when a woman does the same thing she still gets the cruel slurs of slut or slag or whatever. And I think that's really, really unfair. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's no reason why a woman cannot own her sexuality like a man can. We all have needs. We all have wants. We all have desires. And I think it's really, really important for both male and females to embrace that, no matter what that is, without prejudice, without judgment. Um, Absolutely. And I think the one thing that always comes back to me is that men, not to be, you know, putting my finger on men, 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 men. (laughs) um, But, you know, they want the girl who, you know, does the dirty things and they want this and they want that. But they also want the girl who can meet the parents and is really sweet and kind and lovely. Yeah. They can be the same person. You can be dirty in bed, but you can be 
great. Heard a here first. Yeah, like a hundred. But that's just what <laughs> it is. Like you know, it's it doesn't have to be two separate people. No. And I think it's important for people to know and for women to know that you can own your sexuality. You can do what you want without judgment. And the people that do judge you are the ones that aren't for you. Yeah, this is more about them than you. A hundred percent. I don't see why it's different between men and women. I know we're still living in an era where men and women are still very, very different and held yeah. on very different accounts. But when it comes to sexuality, mm-hmm. I would really love in the future to see that on a level playing field. 100%. Well, it's been... Is that my three? Yeah, it's that's, your three. Three. that's your three. And it's been fantastic flipping on his head, hasn't it? It's Asking Sarah the questions. Absolutely loved it. I, I think it's I so damaged my reputation too Not much. at all. I think it's so clear to see that you're living a very authentic life and that everyone is on their journey as we discussed in our first podcast as well and I'm sure that you'll have a very happy ending I think so too and you know what I think you guys are too thank you stop it stop it (laughs) thank you guys thank you so much